I'm hoping this is recording and that's a great way to start episode 122 of South Africa's number nine biggest tech consumer technology podcast on Apple Podcast, which has now been given quite a refresh on mobile devices. We are fresh off of the Apple event, Spring Loaded. I am Lindsay Shooters and I'm joined as always by the editor of South Africa's largest the continent's largest i always get it wrong <laughs> the continent's largest consumer technology publication gavin dudley editor of tech magazine how are you doing sir i'm good thanks i mean i'm sure we're going to get into this just now but you know as an apple naysayer i was quite impressed with what we've just seen but i'm sure we'll get into that mm. okay let's get into it immediately what is new out of apple new ipad pros um 11 inch and 12.9, 12.9 now gets the liquid retina XDR display, Thunderbolt ports, USB 4. It's just crazy. Um, we'll get into that in a second. What else was there? New Apple TV 4K with the all new Siri remote, which I covered. I absolutely covered that device. Don't care too much about 4K, HDR, high frame rate display stuff. Very much care about the ergonomics of that remote. Um, yeah, so this is only in the context that the previous two or three remotes were pretty rubbish. Okay, I mean, you can say what you like. It's a fantastic device. The actual Apple TV device is a superb thing. The interface is unequaled. I've not seen anything as sexy as that, as reliable as that. I mean, it's not as broadly supporting everyone all the time as it would be on an Android device, say, but the interface is superb. But the remote control was just horrible. So... Correct me if I'm wrong, the previous remote control actually had a sort of a glass panel at the top, which yes. was a trackpad for your finger. So yes. you had to sort of track across it with your finger, except that it was like two inches by two inches big, which was never great. And the tactile was not great either. So I really resented that because it required you to be unusually accurate with your thumb on a remote control with a trackpad. You know, while you slouched in a couch, it just wasn't working to for me fair, at all. To be fair, the only thing I hate about it is when you're trying to, like, jog through your content. Um, sometimes, um, you know, Netflix says that, do you want to start where you last stopped? And then sometimes, like, your children would have not switched the Netflix thing off, changed the TV to, like, the DSTV AV port. Right. And, or at least, yeah, HDMI <laughs> port. And then the content just continued and so now you're not where you were so now you just want to jog through to get to where you stop watching the movie and right. then like you have to pause it and then sometimes not all the time you must double tap um to go like 10 seconds or you can scroll but while it's paused but that i mean the difference between a double tap and a scroll was sometimes just yeah, it was horrible. So, I mean, the problem I had is that oftentimes inside of Netflix or Amazon Video, whatever it is you're watching, the tiles of uh, the library of video content is very tiny. And then suddenly your stroking with the thumb on the, the trackpad gets yeah. much harder because you have to be all precise and stuff. Got on my nerves that. Okay, the so the Amazon, point is that the new, but, but, the but new the thing Amazon made it all is. recycled. Aluminium. Horrid. Don't say it's from the 80s, like you keep saying. Um, <laughs> um, the new um, Apple TV 4K remote is recycled aluminium, and now it has got a proper, like, directional, four-directional button. Tick, tick, tick to the left, tick, tick, tick to the right. Yeah. Or you can swipe your finger around the circle, like the old iPods, where you would find a track yes. or adjust the volume. You can, you can run your finger around the outside as well. Yeah, okay, sure. 
I mean, I don't okay. know how many Apple TVs they sell in South Africa, but okay, it's worth a mention. Enough to make me care about it deeply, because I have one. <laughs> um, okay. Other big thing, massive announcement, new iMac. Okay, Gavin, for real though. Yeah. It costs more than the, I, the Mac Mini. It has the same power, arguably worse thermal management than the Mac Mini M1. But you don't need a whole lot of thermal management with an M1, really. I mean, from the sound. Yes, but more is better because then you can have higher sure. sustained performance. Sure. Um, and well, what, why do you think the thermal management is worse, by the way? Uh, because the Mac Mini is just bigger for that circuit board. Did you, you mean the Cubic Logic board? On the, it's like, it's like yeah. the little panel. Remember, I don't know, listeners, if you've ever used an iMac like mid-2000s where you would, there's a little panel at the back where you replace the RAM or you could swap out the RAM. So the entire logic board is that now. It's the size of a big Yeah, it's the size of a big RAM chip, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's hell of an impressive, hell of an impressive, I can't deny. IMAC comes with its own display built in, which is pretty, pretty dope. Liquid retina, all the things, all the keywords. Now has 1080p, first time 1080p um, webcam on a Mac. Um, yeah, all the Mac webcams have been remarkably shite to date. This is a known thing. It's almost like, it's almost as if they didn't see COVID coming, even though they probably caused it. Bill Gates and Apple caused COVID. But, whoa. you know, their webcams have traditionally just been dreadful, you know, so this is a big step forward. But I think, I think we're going about this a bit haphazardly. Can I just say, for the benefit of the listeners, we're going to discuss the new iPhone color, the... Uh, Apple TV oh. remote we've just discussed on the new ad. They've got a new Find My Service. We can discuss that if you want. With tiles. Um, the Apple new tiles. iMac, which is basically the desktop computer for regular folks. Yes. Power Who's Mac the, is the right, one that they use to make movies start. and stuff. Yeah, no, no, but, but wait, let me just Who tell everybody what we're going to cover. Then we're going to get onto. Then we're going to get onto the iPad. So we've got at least five, six things we actually have to discuss. So we're going to spend one minute on each. Go. We've already discussed that Apple TV. It's only the remote that matters. No one cares about. Do you have an HDR TV, Gavin, to display I the do. HDR content? I do, but I mean, and, oh, not that you're testing. <laughs> you know, even that I own, but even then, I guess a lot of the time I can barely tell the difference. Okay, but let's move on because we know that nobody actually owns iMac. an Apple TV. Tell me who right. the iMac is for. It's an all-in-one computer in a laptop world. Who is the? Okay, iMac let's for? just describe for those who have not seen the show and and who have not seen the product in the flesh. It's basically, if you take two iPads, put them side by side, that is the entire computer, okay? The entire computer is like a supersized iPad on a little aluminum stand, except that it comes in seven colors. It is literally that small and that thin. Okay, I mean, it's obviously two, two or three mils thicker than an actual iPad. The point is, it's like a pane, it's like a pane of glass. Um, you know, it's, it's like, like a, a monitor, pane. but the entire computer is no, built into it. It's not like a monitor at all. Okay, anyway, the point is it's super thin. It's all aluminium. It's now in colors, pink, purple, blue, orange, red, you know, very Apple shit. Um, and so it's striking to look at. And in a world where all computers are just looking generic like tools, you know, that is where Apple has always played. It's like, let's make our, th our stuff look better and charge people double. You know, that's where they've always played. And this is an example of that. There's no taking away from the processing power behind it. The M1 chip we've gone on and on about. There's just nothing like the M1 chip in the world at the moment. 
it is killing everything. It is probably twice as good as the next best processor available. And that's now got into their desktop computer called the iMac. And the price for such a thing, you might ask, should I hold my breath? Should I sit down? A mere 19,000 19, rand if you translate it. Of course, that is not the price you're going to pay in South Africa because you know who the distributors of Apple are going to jack that price up by at least 30%. So you're looking at probably mid-20s for this desktop computer. But who's okay. going to buy it? Okay, this is your point. Um, I don't know who bought the last IMAX. I mean, uh, I, I work at a, at a media production company, which probably has upwards of 100 IMAX, right? So, yes. I mean, they may or may think, not replace the IMAX. Do you think that company is going to replace all of them with IMAX? With well, new IMAX? not so much, just because um, our our industry is kind of on hard times. But ad industries, I'm pretty sure, are going to think nothing of dropping 20K on a PC for the start. So, I really think so that. Here's, here's the, the singular problem I have right mm -hmm. now. Back in that day, desktop class and laptop class were two separate devices. Desktop class had superior graphics. It had the, the, yeah, yeah. the advantage of space. So components right. could be bigger and more powerful right. and all that stuff. With the okay. M1, you are now <laughs> having a unified architecture for all yes, of yes. your products. So Desktops and laptops and tablets and everything, yes. An iPad Pro, a Mac Mini, and an iMac is zero in terms of processing power, like raw yes. processing power. They are using the same... SOC yeah. with the graphics built into it, same amount of RAM. But I would I would hazard that 60 to 80% of all of these iMacs sold never really had a problem with the processing power they had because they weren't doing 3D animations and th they just weren't doing anything like that. They were maybe designing magazine pages, maybe occasional big pictures, but the majority of them were not using it for that in the first place. So it was never about processing power, I don't think. We look at it that way because that's what we demand from a computer. But I don't think your average user cares about that. They care about the appearance. And anyway, your point is that why wouldn't you buy an iPad, uh, uh, a Mac Mini? That's the little puck-sized box. Well, it's a big puck. Let's say, yeah. what would you compare it to? It's about the size of a... Uh, a couple of CDs stacked on top of it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. If you take about 45 CDs and stack them together, that is about the size of a Mac Mini. But now you have to buy a good quality screen to go with it. A good quality screen is going to be at least three and a half to four and a half, five and a half grand. In fact, if you get a good quality screen in 24 inches, which is the size of the iMac, that's easily going to be a four and a half to five and a half grand screen minimum. Okay. So in the end, if you buy the Mac mini for 15 and a five grand screen, you're at 20 grand, which is exactly the price of an iMac. So why wouldn't you buy the iMac is what I'm saying. Okay, no? so top spec Mac Mini now goes for seventeen thousand rand. So you okay, add well, it doesn't in, even have to be top spec. I mean, let's let's say mid spec will be fifteen, yeah. Uh, thirteen two hundred. Okay, for what for entry or middle entry? Entry. So that's Good. I think that's the eight gigs of RAM or two fifty six SSD. Yeah, right. Two fifty six so SSD. If you if you're going to get a quality monitor, the equivalent of an iPad, I, iMac, that's a, going to be a five grand monitor. So, what if you had you know, one already? 
you don't you don't have a 4K monitor. You don't have a 24-inch 4K monitor. You don't. But if you had a gaming setup and now you can buy yourself a lovely Mac Mini and do a niche a niche case of two people. If you were a gamer, you're not going to buy an iMac for gaming. My my so, tip my tip is this: mm. save your money, buy a Mac Mini, bring your own existing peripherals. You probably have. Although the yes yes go on about the keyboard. Go on. The iMac now has Touch ID built in, so wireless keyboard with the Touch ID built into the keyboard, transmitting a secure signal wirelessly to authenticate via Touch ID. It is absolutely mind-blowing. There is a secure enclave. There is a, a security chip built into the freaking keyboard. Is that in order to encrypt that data as it sends it to the PC? Is yes. that what you so think? Then it's encrypted over the wire, and then the T1, or at least the secure enclave in the M1 SoC, decrypts it on the other side. It is okay. mind-blowing engineering. Okay, who, who actually ever logs in with their fingerprint? Well, I don't, but then I don't take security very seriously. Yeah. I've had fingerprint sensors on my last four laptops. Uh, no, last three laptops. Never used it. Never used it, never needed to. You know, just maybe I don't take security seriously. Well, I don't know. The other thing about the iMac is um, with this new Touch ID integration, it brings instant Profile switching. So if you have like a family who are all using the same desktop computer, which in a world mm -hmm. where everybody needs a computer all the time for video picking conferences, doesn't make sense. Anyway, just with a touch of a finger, it will log you into your specific profile that's mapped to your fingerprint. That is that is useful. Incredible. It's almost as almost as useful as Windows having introduced Face ID into its computers where it can recognize you just by your face and log you into your correct profile. Yay, I'm so happy for your Touch ID. <laughs> okay, but maybe we must move on for the Touch ID. We're getting stuck there. Okay, yes. so we've done Apple TV. We've done the iMac. Um, Let's just do iPad Pro. So, um, okay, yeah. So, so you so know, just one, one, last, one last note on the iMac is the screen is 4K. HDR, 24-inch, uh, I don't know what the other specs were. Well, the screen is going to be superb. Okay, you can move on there. Okay, moving on. Okay, you can buy a, a monitor that, has, that specifically <laughs> does that thing. doesn't need to be bolted okay. to the computer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm going so hard on this. <sighs> iPad okay, Pro. Okay, keep going, keep I, going. I wet myself. A little bit of Wii came out when, <laughs> when, 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 when they did, because it was like this dude doing parkour on the top of Apple Park, and then it like turns into Tim Cook. He pulls off like this mask, and he's like looking at the new iPad Pro, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, all the things are going to come through. I weeded so, my pants. Given yeah. the <laughs> M1 chip, it is now a desktop-class processor inside of the iPad Pro, and then they don't give me what I've been asking for, which is the desktop mode in iPad OS. They give it a Thunderbolt port, though, so it now has one of the mm. fastest data transfer ports on a computer. Yeah. But you cannot edit directly off of an SSD because of the wait, limitations wait, 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 wait. within iPadOS. If you are doing photo editing or video editing, you can't work on the file while it's on the SSD. You have to import it into the iPad. Um, then you have to decide if you want to import it through the app or if you want to go into files and then you, copy you, it. you you have lost me hang on is the is the picture on the pc or on the on the ipad the picture you want to edit it has to be on the ipad everything you do on the ipad 
all the files have to be on the iPad. So what is the point okay. of giving it such a high powered port if you're not going to give me the ability to edit over the wire, you know? Hang on, hang on. What so what you're point? saying is if you had a picture on your iPad, you might want to edit that on your iMac. Is that no, what you're saying? I'm saying no. what are you trying to you've say? shot a ton of pictures. You have an SSD packed with 8K video that you shot on a proper camera, right? Okay, so hang on, hang on. So you've taken those pictures off your camera onto which device? Onto a hard drive. Onto oh, an SSD. Okay, portable hard drive. Yes. Right. So now okay. you want to edit, or you just want to select. You just want to do like a, a rough kind of chop. Right. Um, but you can't do it while those files are sitting on the SSD. You have to import it into the iPad. Right. So now they say oh, oh, do that in lightning speed, and it's like, it doesn't solve a problem. <laughs> how, how did you pick that up from the presentation, though? I didn't pick that up from the presentation that you can't I edit. I know how iPad are well. on so storage. So here's the thing, right? Everyone, I, saw, I was on Twitter. You can go check out Sharpshooters. Um, I did a whole live tweet thing, as I always do with mm -hmm. all of these events. Um, everyone's raving about this thing, and it's like, I can see that none of you have actually used an iPad as your primary uh -huh, computer. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, as you have, yeah. Someone who uses okay. an iPad as a primary computer nose <laughs> what a ball okay. it is. interesting although i mean external storage though is becoming a smaller and smaller deal for people i mean apple's never had support for external storage of any kind as you well know all the external storage you use with apple devices all have workarounds and kludges and things to make them work because apple actively discourages people from using external storage it wants you to either use the cloud or just forego the external storage that's why they've never had memory cards in their devices, et cetera, et cetera. But, okay, I think yours is probably a niche case, man, when people no, want the to... Point, the point I'm trying to make is you now have an M1 chip inside of an iPad, but you're still using iPad OS with all of its limitations. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's like having Usain Bolt on your dad's freaking athletics team. You know, when you, when you like in primary school, when you have to like run against the, your kids? Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. But you can only use him for a three-legged race tied to, like, <laughs> the least athletic person in the world. <laughs> you know? Okay. I mean, like, what I, I don't understand, understand is why, why are they still maintaining all these operating systems? I think it's partly false that there's an iPad OS, a TV OS, a, a phone OS, and a Mac OS on the PC. I think that they are secretly converging all of these. It makes no sense to be updating all these operating systems and I can just see that that's going to be a thing with Apple. That's why you can pull everything onto this M1 chip. It allows you to um, uh, to unify your operating system because now it all talks to the M1 chip. Therefore, the same operating system will run on all devices. This is very obvious. I wonder when the phones will port to M1 or something like it. But um, but okay, let me just let me just skip for a second. So for the listeners who obviously weren't there, the first thing that struck me about the iPad. Um, iPad Pro. Two terabyte storage. Two terabyte storage is like absolutely shocking. Now, correct me here. Do you think this is an actual SSD drive slipped in into the machine, or no, how do a, they? How do it's they? It's NVMe. It's bolted onto the onto the board. Okay, right. So it is just memory chips built onto the board. It's not a separate component drive. No. Is it an NVMe drive? No, it's just chips built straight onto the board. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's soldered on I mean, memory. That's the thing, because I couldn't see any way 
to get to two terabyte, I mean, just to get to two terabyte itself is extraordinary, in my opinion. You need it because you have to ingest all of the content that you want to process. Yes, yes. Okay, but so two two terabyte, I gather, is the peak. Um, And then they also... They also mentioned USB 4, which is yes. interesting. It's the first mention I've seen of USB 4, other than just esoteric mentions. This is actual implementation for a new standard that's an extremely big deal. But they still won't succumb to USB-C, so they're still calling it Thunderbolt. I'm hoping it still functions partially as USB-C. It's a right? USB-C port, which has USB 4 well, functionality and Thunderbolt. Except though, as we've discussed, I mean, the differences are subtle, but they are there so that if you put something in, it might not draw the five volts or the 15 volts or whatever it is you need, you know, because of the differences between Thunderbolt and USB-C. Okay, so for all intents and purposes, we're going to use the Thunderbolt as though it's USB-C on the new iPad. Yes. Right. Um, and what my, what my other issues that I couldn't quite... Oh, yeah, so they went on and on about the cameras, which is kind of weird because I feel as though philosophically we're supposed to be discouraging people from taking pictures with their iPad. But then I realized, of course, that it's the ultimate creator tool to be able to take the picture with the iPad, then edit on the iPad, you know, as opposed to edit yes, any other device. That's, that's so it makes sense for them to ultimately upgrade those cameras, you know because it's actually um, become like a little video edit suite in one. So that finally made sense to me. Um, so the only- And I also think because of the LiDAR, I do see that there's going to be augmented reality and stuff they're going to do with the iPad in the future. Uh, I see uh, that uh, The only thing <laughs> you need to know about- Yeah. No one, no, one, no one uses iPads for photography, dude. Like if you, have know, an iPad, but- if you have iPad Pro money, you obviously have an iPhone Pro, the latest one in your pocket. And that's what you're going to do. You don't think journalists, content creators in the field might want to work with the iPad, take the pictures and do the edits on, you know, on the same device? Why? Why? Because your pictures will end up on your platform. Then you don't have to plug in an SSD drive exactly like you're trying to do. No, but take if you shooting it on your iPhone, device. because you have enough well, money to buy a freaking iPad Pro. Yeah, but why, why take it on the iPhone? iPhone? If, you, if you make the cameras on the iPad as good as the iPhone, Surely you could choose it on the iPad so that you can edit it on the iPad as a content creator. And just airdrop it and it takes like two seconds. Um, okay, anyway, all right. The only thing you need to know about the cameras is they've upgraded the front-facing camera. It's still on the short edge, so it's like on the portrait edge. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when you have it in landscape mode, like you're going to be using it most of the time, like everybody in the freaking ad, or at least in the, <laughs> the presentation was using it, it's now uh-huh. like it will be on your left-hand side. Um, on Uh on the short edge. And now they've upgraded it with an ultra-wide camera that will try and center you. It's called center stage. An entire AI process and new hardware that they had to create because they don't want to put the camera on the long edge. What? I don't understand. I mean, what's wrong with leaving it on the short edge, though? Because when you use it in landscape... uh-huh. It's now on your left-hand side, and you're not centered in the picture when you're doing a video conference. Oh, I see. Okay, because I shoot all my, my phone selfies like that. The camera and the front-facing camera ends up on the left-hand side, you know. Yes. But mm. when then you are you... using it as a computer, um, uh-huh. having it in the middle of your screen in landscape is an advantage. I see. So I they see circumvented okay. that problem by creating an entire AI tracking process that centers you and like pans around on this wide angle view, similar to what LG did on the wing, 
Um, yeah. And it's like, guys, why? <laughs> this is the most Apple product ever. This is peak Apple. Where it's like you are literally like reinventing the wheel. You know, so why are they persisting with that camera? Else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, and then there was the issue of the screen. I mean, yes. I'm sure you get a wax lyrical about the screen. But oh. I picked up. I picked up that, well, they think they have a unique LED design. It may or may not be unique, but the truth is it's going to be quite innovative, whatever that LED is, because they've got 10,000 of them, 10,000 mini LEDs packed into the back of the new top-end iPad. Mm. So 10,000, which allows them to then create zones, 2,500 distinct zones for local dimming, so you can get your best possible picture quality all the time. How many LEDs do you think were on the previous iPad Pro? 72. There were 72 on the previous, and now there are 10,000. Okay, it's just mind-boggling that. I mean, I just, I don't know how on earth you would compete with that. I just, you know, if I was any other tablet, a high-end tablet maker, I would just throw in the towel so, right there. So I, I, I feel, I, I give them credit. They put a Pro XDR display on, an, on the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. Yay. Right. So now when you do sidecar <laughs> next to your actual functioning uh-huh. Macintosh, or at least your Mac, sorry for the Macintosh, I was just going eight. Uh-huh. Hello. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you can have like the HDR, Pro XDR thing, liquid retina vibe, right? But it's still an iPad. Like the limitations of iPad OS is like, it's still an iPad. Like I, I am a power user. I'm an iPad power mm. user. I, I whip. Jesus, it's, it's very obvious, though, that within a year, within one year, they will have unified the operating systems. Then everything I, will work everywhere. So. It's bla- blazingly so. obvious. But that's yeah. where we'll leave it. Talking about other things. Hang on, hang on. I think we might, might just want to give people the price. $1,100, which again translates into roughly 15, 16, no, 17,000 Rand. What's $1,100? $1,100 entry on the 11-inch model, which is... Uh, maybe the entry. I just picked the kept, top model, which is the they, one you want, is $1,100. $1,100. It's the same, which is incredible. That That's yes, an okay. incredible feat. I mean, they're really pushing that M1 architecture hard so that they have the most number of, the highest number of devices in the field that they can to entice the developers to optimize their apps for that workflow. So props to Apple. This is a very, very aggressive pricing strategy. But that's enough about that. I'm done. No, 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 no. Sorry, man. Sorry. I know you don't want to, but I have two more things. I just want to rip through these products. Purple iPhone 12. No, no. I want to hear you say yay or nay. So purple iPhone, yay or nay? Nay. Okay. Um, New Apple TV remote, yay or nay? Yay, but we've covered that. (laughs) Yes, okay. Um, iMac, yay or nay? Get the get the Mac Mini and bring your own peripherals. All right, iPad. Well, yes, for those who can afford it. Yeah, for yes, those for those who can afford it, it's the it's the best tablet you can get. On, okay, the best tablet on the planet, hands down. I I am going to invest all my money in the following bet. Okay, and if I lose my bet, I will shave off my genital hair. Okay, <laughs> my pubic hair. If I lose this bet, listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. Off your eyebrow. Like, okay, I'll take half an eyebrow. Okay. Or a um, finger width, a finger width. There, is, there is just no way that over the next two years, Apple does not build its own fab for making chips. Either that or it buys someone going out of business. 
Apple is now so heavily invested in the microchip business, it makes no sense to have unreliable supply. Apple is looking at China and going, if China takes over Taiwan, as we discussed on last week's show, mm. or if anything like that happens, or if that factory burns to the ground, Apple doesn't care. Apple wants reliable supply, and the only way it can have that is with its own chip plant. And it now has economies of scale, I think, sufficiently high enough with an M1 for them to actually have production lines to build. If on our last show, we speculated it would, co- it would take three years to build um, up the kind of capacity available in Taiwan, and it would cost 350 billion US dollars to build up that kind of capacity. I would say that's not pocket change to Apple, but it's still completely within the realm of reality for them to actually build a plant over the next two to three years for $350 billion. I consider that to be realistic, frankly. I didn't want okay. to do this on this podcast, but okay. there is, <laughs> there's something people need to know about yes. how important Apple is to the silicon industry. Um, every major advancement in SOC technology, in microchip technology, when we're talking about going from like 10 to 7 to 5 nanometers, has been spearheaded by Apple. Okay. Because nobody else can guarantee an order at the magnitude that Apple Right, sure. I mean, they will buy the entire production capacity of a factory, yeah. Yeah, They, they make it possible for TSMC to invest in those yes. right. application methods. So it's like, if Apple doesn't push this technology forward, everybody's wheel, everybody else's wheels are spinning. But that's a story for another day. Gavin, right. you are trying to get on Clubhouse and I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> that Clubhouse is right. over. <laughs> we Clubhouse is over because we, of Facebook. Uh, uh, no, um, there was a great story done by Ashley Carman, a uh, reporter at The Verge. And she went to this, she attended, the. she was on a clubhouse. There was supposed to be this billionaire party at some mansion or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like a whole bunch of, of fake actors, like voice voice actors. <laughs> and just comedians. But it wasn't like enjoyable. That. It doesn't really matter. If she enjoyed herself, it doesn't matter, right? But there's like comedians on there who hire their own like, um, canned audience um there's like specific um rules of like when you can unmute and laugh and all that wow. sort of stuff dude it's it's <laughs> it's a con show like props to the people making their money on on that thing um but mm-hmm. yeah i i also haven't opened the app in like probably a week and a half um okay. because i've been yeah inundated with like work and like podcasts and stuff but do, do we not agree though that clubhouse has just focused attention on audio the way yes. attention has been obsessively focused on video probably for the last 10 years yes and the focus is coming back to audio which is where you and i play Lindsay. you and i we're playing audio well you play video biggest too. technology podcast in south africa <laughs> <laughs> okay i can't believe we are the ninth biggest damn who the hell is ahead of us they can't i didn't even know there were another nine technology podcasts in the whole country <laughs> I think it asked for two or three at least, you know, second or third position. Okay, so anyway, so we know that audio is now a big thing and we know that Clubhouse might be on its last legs because Facebook is now getting into that game. Is this where you were going with your story? Yes, it was a segue and thank you very much for doing it. (laughs) I I hate when I go off in the wrong direction and you look at me like, where the hell are you going? (laughs) Okay, so by the time Mark Zuckerberg declares that audio is the new thing, and that Facebook will be developing a whole bunch of audio products going forward, you know the thing has arrived. 
So first of all, uh, Facebook is going to surface podcasts and make it easier for you to share podcasts with other Facebook users. That really suits me because I don't know, I would definitely use that and use that a lot, I think. Um, um, I don't know what else he's going to do with podcasts, but we'll see. Then he's going to be doing some kind of TikTok version of audio as well. So short clips, probably like the old Vine or something like mm. that. You know, short clips in audio. And then he's going to producing, be creating a live audio product very similar to Clubhouse. So we'll see if they survive the Facebook onslaught. I think Facebook is still seriously used by a large number of people, not by the Snapchat generation, but you know, everyone above them, I think, is still quite seriously using Facebook. I mean, you do, Lindsay. It's not like you can pretend you don't. Um, I share a lot of my content from Instagram. Um, mm. And then I use Facebook Marketplace a little bit. Um, that S21 Ultra is still on sale, guys. Outside of that, I use it to remind me when birthdays are happening. And yeah, yeah. I would, I can honestly say, if I didn't work on independent media projects like this podcast, my religious podcast, and the Substack newsletter stuff, and all that, my blog, and all that stuff, and I had to share, I use Facebook mm. as like a marketing platform. Um, and I need to keep on top of like what's happening at Facebook so I can advise clients. Um, mm. I would not use Facebook at all. Yeah, to be honest, the, one of the things that keeps me in Facebook is also the fact that I have to keep an eye on how Tech Magazine is doing. So Tech Magazine has 40,000 followers, you know, which is considerable. Mm. And so I do have to keep an eye on that. And occasionally I post things in there, but that then sucks me into the platform generally. So I end up checking out my feed and so on. And I, I can't deny, I mean, for all its ills, I'm OK with Facebook. OK, I mean, I, it doesn't mean that we want some alt-right people kind of having to mow down our children in their school. But, you know, it's like um, I'm, I'm getting OK with it, mainly because it's matured and it's been around a long time. It's not like some upstart where you don't actually know what they're doing. With Facebook, you know they're pure evil and you know what you're getting into. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. My, my, my thing, I think their time has come and gone. I, I okay. like this move, everything that they're doing now is uh -huh. straight rips of other products which have caught fire. Facebook hasn't done an original thing. Yeah, but neither has Apple. <laughs> wow. Okay, apart from the M1 chip. Okay, but um, can you remember when um, Periscope came up with Twitter? Some other product came out before Periscope, and then basically Twitter made the product that defeated the independent guy. What was it called? It was like an African animal. It was like these little animals that stand up on their hind legs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Meerkat, right? Wasn't the thing originally called Meerkat I, or something? I forget. I forget. Like, I, I'm, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying spaces on Twitter now. Um, uh -huh. Brendan Peterson, friend of the podcast and host of his own stuff. Um, his Reframe podcast is really, really good. He interviews tech luminaries in, in South Africa. I, I don't think you can call them luminaries. Let's not get carried away. Captains okay. of industry Ooh, on a local okay. level. Okay. <laughs> All right. But the ease of like the local tech companies, uh, the local versions of the local offices of the tech company. Uh, but he's doing some good work, some good, good journalistic work, keeping the conversation flowing. He did, he hosted a space with Oppo Top Brass, Oppo South Africa's Top Brass. That was quite in interesting. Um, and then like the bigger journalists around the world, Kara Swisher, those people have been hosting spaces. And it's all, it's got the clubhouse vibe, but it's more accessible. Um, just not everybody can make a space um i don't know if that's the right <laughs> language i don't uh -huh. know I, 
I mean, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, man. Are you on drugs? If you're on <laughs> drugs, then I strongly recommend you visit the Tech Magazine Facebook page and see my video of the new Oppo Reno 5 phone, which just mesmerized me with its colors and stuff. Okay. I can't even describe it, but if you're on drugs, I strongly recommend you go and check this out. All of this is a short video clip of me moving the phone around in my hand, and you'll just see these rainbow colors shimmering off the back of this phone. It's so many phones have tried to get this right, and this is the first one that does it just like that, simply straight off the bat. You don't have to coax it. You don't have to pretend you're seeing it. It's just there, shimmering in an outrageous number of colors. So go and see my short video on the Tech Magazine Facebook page. It'll, it'll be down a little bit in the in the list now, maybe seven or eight posts down. Should, Check that out. It. Um, but as yeah. a phone, what that? How is it? How is the Reno Five as a phone? I'm afraid I haven't gotten there yet. I've I've only got it in its kind of naked format here, without a cover or anything on it. Feels fantastic in hand. Doesn't feel like, I suppose, an iPhone 12 would feel. It doesn't yeah. even feel like um, Huawei mate would feel doesn't feel like that but feels great nevertheless so far i'm only enamored with the colors i haven't actually done any technical tests on it whatsoever so i'll report back to you on that shortly okay talking about other things that launch fitbit as a new product it is the fitbit lux let me tell you a story about the fitbit lux <laughs> please do it's a charge three in a new stainless steel very 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 with it current elegant case but i don't know i thought i heard quite a lot of features that were slightly new there was i right like well deepak chopra <laughs> no that's on the fitbit premium um, app yeah deepak. this premium thing we, we must get around to discussing the premium thing okay so first of all my first question to you was is this a google fitbit product and the answer is clearly no this must have been in the pipeline from yes. before where google took over so we're still not seeing google's fitbit okay um um, and, and as you've been pointing out for some time, the focus with Fitbit is very much to the holistic yeah. well-being thing now. So it's less and less to do with sports and workouts. That's probably 30% of what's going on. The 60% or more is all about stress management, mm. heart rates, these kind of things, sleep quality, and so on, right? Are you agreeing with me? Yes. I mean, I think yes, you actually put this idea in my head. Yeah, okay. Pivoted to wellness. Okay. There was one thing that jumped out at me out of all these things it can do, the blood glucose tracker. I couldn't figure out, is this now something in the app? Because it's not something the device does. It's just a feature they've added to the app. Yes. So if you're a diabetic, you could, you know, as I am, you have to kind of keep track of your blood sugar readings through the day and so on. Yeah. Is that just a feature added into the app? I it's not believe on the device so. Itself. I'm not too yeah. sure. There was a lot of vagueness in, yes, yes, yes. In their presentation. The other, like, I actually had to ask, like, because in, in the Q&As, was hmm. like, does this have a heart rate sensor? Because they never said it. They uh -huh. never said it. Yeah, never, yeah, there was a lot of that, yeah. 24-7. And even, like, in the pictures, there's kind of, it's like one piece of glass at the back. And there's no, like, defined heart rate sensor. So there's, like, three yeah, they also, modules in they also. They also don't say this does not have GPS, but I gather it does not have GPS. No, it doesn't. That's connected GPS, though. That's what I'm saying. Uh, that's, it's a it's Charge 3, so it connects to yeah. your phone's GPS. Because Charge 4 did have GPS, right? Charge yes, 4 Charge does, 4 have, does GPS. have GPS. 
Um, I mean, they look like chalk and cheese. This is a very svelte, very sexy looking product. I can't yes. deny. Very um, sexy. So here's my stainless steel finish. Important thing that they mm. announced was that the stress management and stress response metrics are now available for all current Fitbit devices. So they've okay. somehow modified the algorithm to kind of extract that from your heart rate um, data, which is right. good. Okay, because uh, we think that how they were calculating stress was if your heart rate is elevated without you perceiving to do yeah. any movement, then they assume yeah. it's stress that's driving your heart rate up, which so I think is a dangerous get, uh, kind of uh, assumption, but okay. You get mm. the electrothermal activity um, thing where you have to like put your palm on the, and um, mm. I think I'll actually put that soundbite in here. Um, the local manager of it, but actually I, I asked the question like, why do you have to cover the screen? And he's like, because the skin on your palm, so like the reverse side of your knuckles. <laughs> right, okay. Your fingers, like your palm. Um, yeah. That bit of skin needs to make contact with a metal rim. That's why they, it, it's easier for the cue to uh, okay. cut the, the screen, which is incredible and completely disorienting when you're trying to like actually do the thing because there's no... It's like not giving you a little buzz to tell you that it, it's still working. So yeah, yeah. Check all the time. Anyway, okay. Um, yes, so, so, okay. So the other thing that kept confusing me is they kept bringing up all these features and things, and then I couldn't work out if the feature was in the app or whether it was one of their premium things. Why don't you just describe for the listeners this whole premium deal for starters? So, but but premium, you get six months free with any Fitbit that you buy. Um, the Inspire 2 gives you one year of free Fitbit Premium. And on Fitbit Premium, there's like workout routines and mindfulness moments. And um, Steph Curry's wife, Aisha Curry, has her own little program going there. And now and there's Deepak Chopra's, um, what's it? Mindfulness freak, man. There's a thing about it. There's like a whole well, Everyone knows that Deepak Chopra is. You just associate him with that, that sort of um yeah. kind of environment. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so you can do you can do breathing exercises, all that sort of stuff. And there's like a lot of wellness programs built into this premium thing. Um, mm. I forget how much it is. It's like 10 bucks, $10 a month. So it's, a like, month. Okay. I think it's like 60 Rand in our currency. So it's, it's what actually saying, not that is that there's a, there's a depth of useful stuff from diet to exercise to yes. stress management and so on, all in this premium package, which is a service they bolted onto the app, essentially. Yeah. And you pay for it monthly. Yeah, okay. Yes. And then All it right. gives you like better sleep metrics. The sleep metrics that you get like just as a non-premium member are already mm. like incredible. Leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of what... Of yeah, Fitbit super on sleep. Yeah. Um, mm. But you get like deeper metrics um, when you do that. And yeah, with the stress thing and all that stuff. So it's, it's a I, nice service, but I, I can't see myself ever needing to subscribe to it. Yeah, me neither. And I don't know who is, but obviously they, they're backing it. I mean, they're investing more and more in it. We'll see if Google goes along with them. Google might not agree with them. Um, the other thing is, I could not see or find any buttons on the Lux. Do you no. think there are buttons? No buttons no whatsoever. Button. No right. buttons. Not okay. even the capacitive thing that is a right. constant source of irritation okay. that you'll know all about when I finally yes. publish my <laughs> Yes, we both had huge issues with the uh, touch capacitor the button sensor yeah. effectively on the on the sense. Okay, so um, there are no buttons, so it's entirely touchscreen driven. I understand the screen is a bit better quality. It's like an OLED or something, right? Yes, yes. I think so, yeah. Well, so it's right. a good quality screen. Um, 
I've never enjoyed having to operate fitness devices by touchscreen because invariably you've got adrenaline running through your body. You've got sweat on your fingers or dirt on your fingers or something else. Oh. I've always appreciated a button. It's like a positive way of controlling the device, you know? Mm. Seeing my wife, I forget what the device was. It was before the Inspire. Um, I think it's like the Aria HR or something like mm -hmm. that. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. I have... Like the, the auto exercise recognition is really good on Fitbit. Like I saw it, I was walking my dogs, uh, my kid was on his bike um, and I was running alongside obviously with the dogs. And then, yeah, it recorded that entire session um, quite accurately on the GPS, mm. um, just automatically. I didn't have to interact with it at all. It did everything. And I was quite impressed by that, as I always am. Um, my Ionic never let me down in terms of, Walking the dogs, having like a sense nice of recognition. Yeah, recognition. Again, for those who recognizes, picks up the GPS signal and right. you. Yeah. For those who are not completely clear, what he's saying is that oftentimes the Fitbit and a few other devices like it will yeah. recognize what you're trying to do. You're going for a walk in the country. You're running on, you know, you're running outdoors or whatever. It has ways of determining what you're doing. It's it's not 100%, but it's 90% plus recognition. Yeah, Fitbits is better. And that, that's the thing. Like, when it comes to somebody who wants to buy outside of the ecosystem, of the device mm. ecosystem, so like an Apple user who doesn't want to buy an Apple Watch or a Samsung user who doesn't want to buy a Galaxy Watch, a Huawei user. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 don't knock the Huawei users. <laughs> who hey. doesn't want to buy um, whatever. Anyway. Mm -hmm. um, Fitbit is always my go-to because it is yeah. almost universally integrated into like all your wellness programs and um, it yeah, just I works think, well. The app is elegant. It's very, yeah, very I think because they were the pioneer, I mean, yeah. as you've pointed out, in fact, on a thing you wrote, you said it, there was a time when Fitbit was synonymous with activity tracking. It was the brand. It was the Hoover, the Kleenex, the Xerox, yeah. you know, of... Of, of activity tracking. Okay, this Fitbit Lux, which I quite like the look of, I also quite like the price of at $145. You know, compared to the Apple stuff we've just been discussing, $145 suddenly sounds like pocket Local change. Local pricing has been confirmed. It oh. starts at 3,400 Rand for the standard model. Then okay. you get like the design house thingy that's a thousand bucks extra, so that's 4,500 Rand. Um, but yeah, three thousand four hundred bucks gets you. But that's that's price. not that's not great pricing. I mean, I, I suppose I could pay. I could. I would pay three thousand for it. I wouldn't pay a cent over three thousand. I mean, you know, recognizing that their top device, the Sense, is now sort of in the eight thousand rand bracket. I yes. So yes. Um, for those who are thinking about a Fitbit, um, Lindsay and I have consensus that the new Sense, the top of the range. It's got suspect heart rate tracking. I don't know if you've continued to have a uh, um, problem. It's with gotten this, better. The last update has improved it quite they've, a bit. They've changed um, the underlying technology, but I'm not convinced. It's, I, it's I haven't measured yet. it. I had a boxing class this evening um, mm. where I was trying to measure it against my Polar again. Um, and the last time it failed quite miserably. Um, mm. This time, I think it, it kept up there. I think it was averaging at like 148, where... The average BPM on my Polar OH1 was 150. So it's definitely, it's gotten better. Here and thereabouts. Okay. It depends on the tasks you're doing anyway. Like running, it's going to be pretty accurate. But like anywhere where you like manipulating your wrist movement mm. um, a lot, 
it's going to drop off because optical heart rate monitors just don't like to be in living that. Like when your skin stretches, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the reading, and yeah, it's, it's just a crazy thing. We've discussed that before. Yeah, but we need to just power through a couple of things. Right. Showmax Mobile is getting cheaper. Yeah, um, quite a bit cheaper, actually. Um, it was 50 Rand. It's now 40 Rand. I mean, that's pretty good value if you... For that, you're getting a standard definition only, but presumably you're only watching it on a mobile device, so it makes no difference. Standard definition is perfectly fine, saves you a whole lot of mobile data anyway. You can only get one stream, so only one person can watch mm -hmm. at a time. But it has everything available to you that is in Showmax Pro. Showmax Pro includes a whole lot of news channels. If you're not interested in that, it includes all the soccer. And by all the soccer, I mean the English Premier League, the Italian Serie A, La Liga, and the South African PSL. So that's all the soccer you could possibly imagine live, every match available on Showmax Pro, which is now available on the new Showmax mobile deal for 50 rands. So you get all the, all the soccer plus um, all the shows and stuff that's on Showmax. So it's actually for 50 rand a month. It's a pretty good deal, I would say. Except that, of course, for the full Showmax, I think you're paying like 150 something like that for Showmax Pro, I think. For Showmax Pro, yeah, on mobile, um, but on normal, on TV and stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 450 yeah. Yes, you're paying and 100 bucks for standard Showmax and then over four times the price. Yes. So you have issue with that, right? You yeah, think like, that that's really overinflated. I mean, given that Netflix is 150 bucks or something like that for multiple users, and Amazon is like a hundred and hundred bucks for multiple users. Even Apple TV is like less than a hundred bucks yeah. for multiple users. So for them to come with a 450 Rand proposition is a bit steep. I think. That's just to cover the licensing for the, for the live the shows. shows. Um, yeah. And I think getting pay-per-view is going to work out cheaper for you. Okay. You um, my theory about why it costs so much is because I detect, and I have for some time detected there's a move away from satellite TV, the dish on the outside of the house, towards internet TV, where Strofter streams down through the internet. And uh, MultiChoice knows that and can see that and is gradually having to shift everyone's consciousness away from traditional DSTV towards what used to be called Showmax, which I think in time is going to become the new DSTV. Mm. One of the reasons I think this is because this person was quoted in the press release, Yolisa Pachle, looks like, and he's now called the multi-choice group CEO for connected video. Mm. What that means is that they now have a category called connected video, as opposed to, you know, Showmax and uh, DSTV. They just have connected video, which I think is where everything is going to go eventually. So mm. we'll see. Just yeah, that's interesting. You have a little note here, Netflix, to prevent account sharing. They've been threatening this for the last yeah. 16 months. Apparently, I suppose it's inevitable. You know, as they as they get uh, as they roll out into more and more markets, more and more price sensitive markets like Africa, for example. You know, more and more people don't have five users in their home because they only have one TV or one computer or whatever. So, you know, people are not using up all four or five of the accounts they're entitled to. And so you give an account to your neighbor, who wouldn't? And, you know, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think they're trying to prevent that. So I don't know how, I think it's probably gonna come down to an IP thing. They will only allow one IP to, you know, your home router address IP to 
access Netflix. I don't know how they're going to prevent it, but they are trying more actively to prevent people giving out their Netflix account to other people. Mm. But what if I'm halfway around the world and I'm watching yeah, my Netflix? Watching TV, absolutely. And I don't my know family how... is at home and watching TV, and yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know, I don't know mm. man. I yeah, it, it's going to come at some stage, um, and then it's just going to force more people to be faulty downloaders. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand, but I understand it from a from a business perspective because where is Netflix's growth potential right now? How are they going to up their profits? Because everyone yeah. who wants Netflix probably has Netflix already. Um, well, I think I mean there's still some markets where they haven't rolled out. I don't know, maybe only a few probably at this stage. Yeah, but they've but, got to look. They've got to look to the emerging markets for growth. You know, India, China, Africa. You know, yeah. and maybe South America. They've got to look to these less economically well-off continents and countries for growth. So now you're going to have to slash the prices there. Well, um, or maybe they will just limit the number of accounts, maybe two or three accounts instead of five like we have now, you know, pair them I, down a bit. I don't, I don't know. Um, you have a list of flagship phones or at least smartphone brands in South Africa because we it's becoming, and I'm making a video about this. I'm currently in production. Um, arguing about this idea of a two of a two-party system effectively it's mean, either if someone asks me today about buying a new phone i'm either going to push them to an iphone if they are wealthy enough um to afford like the upfront cost of it so they can just live their life and be happy with beautifully made apps sure uh, or i'm going to tell them to get a samsung okay or an oppo if they have an well, issue with Samsung. Yeah, I uh, see these outside are like of the, that, there's not a lot. These are the two safe, safe issues. I suppose it's like with cars, you know, you want to get a Toyota or a VW. If you don't get one of those two, then you know the rest is kind of a different kind of equation. It's the same, unfortunately, with the phone world, it's become iPhone or Samsung or mm -hmm. other. You know, I would argue that Huawei was slowly gaining on Samsung, especially yes. in South Africa, until its recent woes, which have really knocked it back. Samsung were toppled think... in Africa, just by the way. Um, Sorry, who? What? Samsung were toppled in Africa. Tecno who? is who? the largest um, smartphone vendor in Africa. Did you say Oppo? Tecno. Tecno, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because they've been dominant in quite a few markets, actually. But, yeah. I mean, their phones are not great. Their phones are really selling. Well, they are, the phones are great, but they're selling very much on price, which is a yeah. problem for me. You know, the phones are great, but they're selling on price. And we know they've got lots of adware in there and so yes, on. Yes, but now so, you're talking the South African perspective. Huawei were gaining on, on Samsung. Yeah, and your point is that if a Huawei got wiped out tomorrow, no one would know or care. Yes. I disagree respectfully, but it did, it did lead me to think, how much choice do we really have and how much choice do we really need? And that led me to me naming all the brands I can think of. So I'm going to rip through these. You see if you can think of any that I haven't included here. Samsung, Huawei, Apple, Xiaomi, Vivo, Oppo, Nokia, Techno, Mobicell, Cat, those are the ruggedized phones, Crosscall, also ruggedized phones, Honor, sub-brand of Huawei, Hisense, um, well-supported in South Africa, um, Mara, set, set up a production facility in Durban, I believe, to build phones for the South African market. Mm -hmm. Vodafone is bringing in its own white label products and badging it as Vodafone Kicker and things like that. Um, ZTE was a big global player, especially in the US, until they got done in by the US the same way Huawei was done in, but they've come to South Africa. And HTC was one of my favorite phone brands back in the day, 
and they've just come back. They, they moved out of phones entirely and they've just come back into phones and they've launched one in South Africa. So we'll see where they go with that. That's well over a dozen names there, I think. That's like 14, Wasn't 15 names. like Doogie also at one yes, stage? Yes, Doogie. Doogie is also in the market. Yeah, and there's, there's one or two others as well. And then I can't think of just off the top of my head. I may have forgotten someone important. Anyway, the point is that, you know, 15 phone brands, you can't complain about lack of choice. It's possible that your network doesn't carry all these brands. But one way or another, almost all these brands are selling their product somewhere online. You can just go and buy it if you want. Yeah. Um, but but if you are this, spending 12,000 Rand on a new phone, yeah. right. I'll say a good half of that list don't have devices playing in that space. 12,000. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I realize I've left LG off the list, but that's for obvious reasons. No, but, okay. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, enough. Um, so 12,000 Rand. If I was going to spend 12,000 on a phone, whose phone would I buy? No, but now you, you don't have Technos, I don't think. I don't think there's any Mobi sales at that price. No, no, definitely not. Cat, uh, yes, but they're wildly overpriced. So if you pay 12,000 Rand for a cat phone, it's effectively an 8,000 Rand normal phone. Hisense okay. is not. Yeah, really? since playing there. HTC is not think, there. I think Honor might have something up there, but I wouldn't buy a 12,000 Rand Honor phone because that's not where they play. Yeah. Mara, not. Vodafone, definitely not. ZTE, not. HTC, not. So you have Samsung, Apple, Xiaomi. Does Xiaomi have a 12,000 Rand phone? Uh, yeah. yeah. They, they, the Mi 10s. They, yeah. they should. Um, yeah. Eventually, when the Mi 11s come here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jesus. The, the, the problem with nine here. Gavin, who imports Xiaomi? Who brings Xiaomi into this market? Um, they're called mobile in Africa, but they're secretly just a division of the core group. Those are the same people who bring in Apple iPhone. So, you know, they yes. basically, they're trying to not compete with themselves, but they are. But you are know, they liable? Xiaomi them? has been a disaster in this country, in my opinion, because they never really gave it the marketing impetus they needed to. That's, <laughs> I believe Xiaomi is probably the strongest phone brand globally after Samsung. And I think it's going to do exceptionally well in South Africa when they get their act together. Oppo will um, tell you something different, sir. Sorry, who will tell me something different? Oppo. Yes, no, sure. Oppo, I would say, is probably the strongest rival to Xiaomi, which means that Samsung, Oppo, Xiaomi are the three brands to look at going forward. Huawei, I'm hoping, will recover itself. By this time next year, I think the Huawei story will look very different to how it looks today, frankly. Mm, Having just I, used the Mate 40, it was a fabulous, fabulous product. So you can't write them off no matter what you say. I will eventually get my hands on one. <laughs> this is going to be the P40 all over again. <laughs> please, Huawei, send me your phone. I want to use it. I want to say good things. I uh -huh. want to say good things. Whether I do, it depends on what comes out in the test. How it comes yeah. out. Yeah. Um, well, that's Gavin, sensitive think, at the moment. I think we're done here. Yeah, I think we covered everything. Um, I am sharpshooters on social media. That opinion guy on the internet. That opinion is where you find me online. I'm a lot more active on the blog now. Um, there's currently a but but Lux, little kind of first misings of mine, uh, probably be putting up a takedown piece for the iPad Pro. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh. um, that's a lovely device, the best tablet on the planet, um, hamstrung by its own software. Uh, yeah, that's my story. I'm working on a couple of videos, Fitbit Sense, um, 
Is that Opinion Guy on YouTube is where you find all of that? Right. So what am I up to? I am busy moving in on printers. I've got the HP Smart Tank printer, which is supposed to be the all-singing, all-dancing workhorse color printer from them. I think there's a note on there that says that you won't need Turner for like two years or something like that. Okay. Yes. So we're going to discuss ink tanks and whether the stuff is true, like it says, whether it is truly ecologically more sensible to get these new kind of printers with refillable ink tanks. We'll discuss it next week. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, we were light on tips this week. Uh, my yes. only tip is don't buy the new iMac. Just get the Mac <laughs> M1. Okay. <laughs> or just get a laptop. Get a laptop. Everybody uses laptops. The laptop uh -huh. is just as powerful as desktops nowadays. Um, yeah, that's my story. Cheers.